Welcome to another edition of the Political Futures Podcast. I'm Kerwin Swint, the Director of the School of Government and International Affairs at Kennesaw State University. This podcast is dedicated to the world of politics, and this series of podcasts has featured mainly discussions about the presidential campaign of 2020 and the coronavirus and other associated issues that affects the political world. This episode is called The Altered State of Campaign 2020 because it has truly been altered, truly changed in ways that we've never seen before, as the coronavirus has made us full impact known on our society, our economy, our political system. It's affecting everything, including the functioning and the planning of political campaigns. And that includes the presidential campaign on down to campaigns for state and local office, as campaigns have been forced to uh, abandon personal appearances, campaign rallies uh, in favor of more email advertising, social media advertising, which limits their ability to reach voters and really changes their focus and how they uh, plan their campaign activities. The presidential campaign through this coronavirus crisis has ground to a virtual halt, not surprisingly. The good thing for Democrats is that their contest is decided with Joe Biden, the presumed winner. And so the drama that would ordinarily be there is, is not present. So that, uh, that's good for the Democrats. The bad thing for the Democrats is that the virus has pretty much shut down campaigning and Joe Biden is confined to his Delaware home. President Trump, on the other hand, is on TV daily addressing a large TV audience, tackling the coronavirus, appearing with government officials, uh, scientists, medical officials, in a way that makes him look like he's in charge and he's in control of the situation. So that's an advantage for the president. So the president has been able to take advantage of that situation. And the campaign, as it stands now, is a situation of daily presidential press briefings with a national audience where the president brags about his ratings. And then on the other side, Joe Biden's home videos from his Delaware home. And these Biden videos, I think we have to admit, have not gone well. They look more like hostage videos, only there's no one standing off camera with a weapon pointed at him. He just hasn't come off well, and uh, it's, it's not a good look for the most part. Bernie Sanders, by contrast, is missing in action and now an afterthought. So it's a bizarre and unprecedented situation. No big campaign rallies, candidate appearances meeting voters in diners, the things that you normally associate with a presidential campaign, especially in the primary phase leading up to the national conventions. And what about those national conventions? They may not even happen, or they may be completely changed. The last few weeks has featured more and more talk of either canceling the Democratic Convention and the Republican National Convention, postponing them to later in the fall, possibly, or even having a virtual convention where you, they don't meet at all in person, so you avoid those large crowds that could potentially spread the virus. Um, and so there's a lot of speculation right now. No decisions have been made. And, and fortunately for the parties, they don't have to make a decision for at least a month or two. But at this point, it's hard to see the national conventions unfolding in the normal way, where you have masses, uh, throngs of people together in a large convention hall. 
So what will that look like? Can the parties pull off a, a virtual convention? None of this has ever happened before, but maybe there's a first time for everything. The Olympics in, in Tokyo have been postponed for at least a year. Wimbledon has been canceled for the first time since World War II. So we might have to have virtual conventions. That's going to be something that would, would definitely be a departure from the past. Um, can the parties even pull that off? What would it look like? Um, virtual speeches by the, by the nominees, by other convention speakers from remote locations, where you have convention delegates voting online, uh, participating online. Just, uh, just a, a crazy situation we've never had to even think about before. And does that hurt either of the candidates? Does that hurt a, a Joe Biden candidacy? Does it hurt President Trump uh, if he's unable to have a massive national convention speech and rally? That remains to be seen. Um, Joe Biden, for example, uh, it seems would benefit from a traditional national convention where he makes a, a, a big floor speech, rallies the troops. Um, that kind of thing normally gets a big post-convention bounce in the polls. It's not unusual for um, a, a nominee to jump in the polls five or ten points after a national convention. So does that not happen now if it's going to be a virtual sort of uh, convention? No post-convention bounce, no big rallies. Um, of course, there are some Democrats who don't see the value in a big Joe Biden convention speech. The feeling there is that he's not that great of a public speaker. He may not be able to have the kind of big rallying effect that candidates in the past have, have been able to have. But I don't know. I, I kind of think Joe Biden would be prepared for something like that. He he did pretty well in the last debate confrontation with Bernie Sanders. He came off fine. So I think they could do it. Um, it's just a matter of would it be enough to really generate excitement about a, a Biden candidacy? That's the question. And then the two conventions happen at different times. The Democratic convention is scheduled for mid-July in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And the Republican convention is scheduled for late August in Charlotte, North Carolina. So you still have the prospect of uh, the Democratic convention being virtual. Maybe the Republican convention will come off as planned. Depends on how much progress is made containing the virus between now and then. So a lot of unanswered questions uh, about that and what shape that will take, what it will look like. Expect the fall campaign between Biden and Trump to really become a theme of how Donald Trump has handled the coronavirus. We're already seeing that in statements made by Democratic Party officials, uh, by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, uh, Charles Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate, uh, obviously members of the uh, Democratic uh, National Party. So that's going to be a real focus. And nonpartisan analysts, uh, scholars agree that national crises like this do go a long way in determining uh, voter opinion, public opinion about the prospects of a president and their reelection. Uh, it can be handled well. Uh, it can be handled poorly. So that's going to be one focus, um, and expect Democrats and expect Joe Biden to form much of their uh, fall campaign around what they're going to refer to as Trump's mismanagement of the coronavirus, this mishandling 
of the situation that they will maintain uh, made the situation much worse than it had to be. It directly led to the deaths of many thousands of Americans. I mean, this is a harsh message, folks, uh, but that's what they're going to do because they're in a position to take advantage of it. And that's the main strategy that they're that they're looking at. Unless, of course, things radically change between now and then. They, they always have to be uh, able to adapt to events as as they unfold. The Republican side, Donald Trump is is going to, of course, do the opposite uh, as much as possible. Uh, talk about the successes that he has been able to bring to the fight against the coronavirus. He's going to focus, as he already has, on his decision to uh, shut down movement from China to the United States in late January. He's going to focus on his. Uh, rallying the medical community, working with the private sector to generate more tests. Uh, and if they're able to flatten that curve of coronavirus infections, as they talk about in the briefings, uh, then the Trump campaign this fall will will try and take great advantage of that and say you know he was in charge, he was on it, he enabled the country to avoid a much worse situation. So that will be much of the of the tone and tenor of the fall campaign about the coronavirus. Unfortunate but true, uh, the political world always reacts to what's going on on the ground and what's going to affect the political environment. So will there be any debates in the presidential election as we normally are accustomed to? Those are other big televised events that uh, in the past have gone a long way into either solidifying support for a candidate, um, changing the dynamics of a race. Um, the Reagan and Carter debates in 1980, for example, were one of those moments, or even further back in history, the Nixon-Kennedy debate in 1960. Um, and yeah, some of those debates really haven't mattered that much. I would argue that the 2016 debates between Clinton and Trump really were not that consequential in the outcome. Um, and so it's difficult to say if a debate is going to be that significant. Um, so how many will there be? Will they be face-to-face? Uh, -face? Will they be virtual? It may depend, again, on the situation with the coronavirus. Um, and then what will voting look like in November? There's been a lot of talk uh, already of mail-in ballots uh, or even some kind of, of virtual voting process. Um, and so will this be the presidential election that really featured a, a dramatic increase in mailed-in ballots? Will there even be uh, in-person voting in November? We certainly hope so. We hope the situation is, is addressed by then. Um, and yet that possibility exists. Even if the situation is better by November, will that impact turnout in the election? In other words, will there be much less in-person voting in November than we are normally accustomed to, uh, or will much of that be taking place by by mail? How will that impact turnout? Um, a low turnout election, for example, normally benefits the incumbent. So again, does that hurt Joe Biden if turnout is down in November for for whatever reason? Uh, does that make it easier for Donald Trump to to get reelected? So uh, no one really understood how this virus was going to impact the presidential election uh, the way it already has and the way it has a potential to do between now and November, in addition to uh, the other elections going on for Congress, for, for U.S. Senate, uh, for state and local elections, uh, the environment has just dramatically changed. 
and it may change again in the next two or three months. Um, the, the trajectory of this virus, the, the handling of it by governors, by the Trump administration, uh, by others, uh, will affect the way that the political campaigns unfold this summer and this fall. And uh, we'll have to see what effects that has in the, in the coming weeks and months. So lots to pay attention to uh, some dynamics unfolding that are, are hard to predict right now, uh, but we'll all keep paying attention to and uh, come back and, and talk about how that's going to affect things. That's all for now. Thanks for joining me on the Political Futures podcast. Uh, until next time.